0: WNRI's Upfront The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners Telephone lines are now open at 7690600 And now let's join the Upfront panel Hi
1: everybody Welcome to the Upfront program And all the while I thought it was you as King Jace uh, Roger Gillette but I was a long yep, time yep. ago but uh, not this time all right, um, Welcome to our program Nice to have you here. Thank you very much. And, uh, yes, that is Roger Gillette, member of the Woonsocket City Council, former council president. Right? Yes, at one time. Yep. Former King Jace. That's right. right. You remembered that. Right. You know, good. And any other designations
2: that we should, um, we should recognize? You know, I just to be- want to say thank you to the people for recognizing and uh, honoring President's Day yesterday as president of the city council. Uh, in the past, you know, I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> and What we do
1: with this program is we review the city council meeting. And uh, so there's a council meeting on a given Monday. And then we invite one of the seven sitting council members. And all of them agree to come on a rotation. Last uh, two weeks ago was uh, council member Valerie Gonzalez. She was here. And uh, now in the rotation is council member Roger Gillette. He is here and uh, we are glad to uh, have him um, in the studio now. Um, two weeks ago, you reprimanded the mayor for not doing a good job in hiring people at City Hall, and I notice on the um, on the agenda there is what they call the um, monthly report, uh, monthly staffing vacancy report. So if the first question I have for you, Mr. Gillette, is. Did you reprimand the mayor last night or did you compliment the mayor last night? Let's begin
2: on a positive note. In reprimanding pertaining to the uh to whatever I did 2 weeks ago. No, I didn't do that. Uh but uh as a matter of fact, I did compliment the mayor on a piece of legislation that she put in going after um a piece of legislation that they have in the state house that has to do with not being able to build any more single-family homes in individual communities throughout the state of Rhode Island uh, in order to create more housing uh, because we have a shortage of housing and uh, the mayor took the lead on that. I congratulated her for that. Uh, I personally feel that this is one of the most ridiculous pieces of legislation that I've ever heard in all of my years being connected with politics and uh, I'm not sure how you feel about it, Roger, but uh, imagine if you wanted to buy a single-family home and uh, you wanted to build one and they wouldn't let you, the state wouldn't let you, how would you feel?
1: No, I wouldn't be happy about it. There are some uh, unusual legislators out there um, who uh, have an agenda that completely uh, is something far from the minds of uh, people like you and me.
2: I hope that the voting public... Keeps that in mind when it comes to election time about some of this ridiculous uh, legislation that is being put on by some members of the state, both the House and the Senate for that matter.
1: In a uh, question that I didn't plan to ask you about, but just as ridiculous, I don't know if you uh, mow your own lawn yes, anymore, I do. yes, but uh, what did you think of that piece of legislation introduced by another uh, in- interesting legislator to ban? Gasoline engines for lawnmowers and snow throwers and snow blowers and and so forth only only uh, electric ones did you remember that a few days ago?
2: Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I do have an electric lawnmower uh-huh. of my own. Uh, I had a gasoline. I find that the electric is more economical for me because I only do a little bit of uh, lawn mowing mm-hmm. with my front and my backyard but for people who do contracting work i think it's more economical for them to use gasoline although is it hurting the uh, environment that bad whether they want to be that pickيون i don't know so i you know i really I'd be guessing there roger i made the full swing
1: mm-hmm. i had an uh you know i had a gas one and I said, well, electric, I'll try electric, but I, I waited too long each, each month, and my grass grew too long, and the electric one just didn't, uh, sh- shall we say, cut through it. Uh, I think they're great if you manicure your lawn, you know, like uh, every few days or on a weekly basis, but um, if you let it go, you still need the, the power of a gas-powered uh, engine to do it.
2: Unlike you, I am retired, so I can mow my lawn once a week. You know, no uh-huh. problem, so I don't let it get long. But are you against banning um,
1: gas uh, gas engines? Yes, yeah. totally.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Totally. I'm glad. we well, are not a state legislator, but, uh, but I just wanted to see how you felt about that. We are on the Upfront program. If you're just joining us, uh, Roger Gillette, member of the Woonsocket City Council, has joined us. In the first part of the program, we're running over the agenda. And then in the rest of the program, we'll talk about other matters that uh, Mr. Gillette uh, is interested in. They do um, eclipse his business on the City Council, but not necessarily on last night's agenda. So we'll look at um, the uh, agenda from uh, last night. And uh, did you see anything else on that agenda that um, caught your curiosity that you should report to our audience and give us a little bit of background? In
3: thinking
2: about what I was going to be talking about this morning, uh, I was looking and you know i've never i ne- i've never heard a council person talk about the agenda for board of license commissioners mm-hmm. this uh for informational purposes uh this morning is uh a piece of legislation that authorizes the uh licensing of businesses in the amount in the uh city of one socket and uh, I thought I would explain one. Usually it's me that turns around and says, Mr. President, I make a motion to approve the following licenses, amendments of quarterly entertainment, massage parlor, street vendor, so on and so on. And under each category, there's a list of businesses that are required to have a a license to run their business. And that's normally done once a year. And uh, it's done not at... The same time every year for every business. It mm-hmm. depends on when you started your business, what time of year. So we have these practically at every city council meeting. Last night's meeting was a rather long list of uh, applications that, uh, you know, and it would be impossible to read them all at every single meeting. It would take too much time, so we don't. We just read the uh, type of uh, licenses that we're giving. So that's why we end up. Doing that at the council meeting. If you have a question, uh, go ahead. A J Mini is on here. Places that I go to once in a while. Pete's bait shop. I haven't been to his place in a long, long time. Do you go fishing? No, I,
1: I do. I don't go fishing. I go clamming. Yeah, right. That's right. I guess you can say that's a form of fishing, but uh, not quite the same as real fishing with bait.
2: You when know? I was, when I was a kid, practically every weekend, my father and I, mm-hmm. my uncle and his son, the four of us would get. As long as the tide was good, you know, we mm-hmm. were getting back at a reasonable hour, we would go uh, cawhogging. And there was a time when I used to pick a bushel by myself.
1: Well, I never get a bushel, but uh, it is a lot of fun. I still go down to Buttonwoods, uh, which is in uh, Warwick between uh, Oakland Beach and, uh, I guess, North Socket, you could say. And uh, it is still um, still got some good... Um, Um, You know, little necks in there. And, um, uh, you know, it's got the quahogs. It's got every kind of clam you can think of. Still a lot of fun, a couple of times a year.
2: Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. My knees wouldn't take it, now. If you have a
1: question for Roger Gillette, you're welcome to call 769-0600, 766-1380. He's a member of the council and uh, one of seven members. And he'll be more than happy to chat with you about anything that um, you would like to um, bring up. In the city government, one of the things um, that uh, you know is sort of on the on the agenda, and keeps coming up on Larry's program. It came up, Mr. D'Agostino called, and that is uh, the Senegro, uh waste burning plant here in Woonsocket. Uh, in the discussion from some of the listeners from Larry's program, they thought that we could use the American Rescue Funds that we have uh, banked. And uh, maybe uh, buy out Cinergo. You know, his uh, like ten million dollars leave town. But uh, Mr. Um, D'Agostino explained, it's a lot more complicated than that, right? Yes. Um, so, um, so, um, uh, so we have to live with um, with that odor. And um, and I, you know, you know about this because uh, you you have been a council member for a long, long time, in and out, and. Uh, it's something that doesn't go away, does it, Roger, July?
2: No, the, the scent is there from time to time, and sometimes it's so egregious that uh, there are a lot of phone calls that uh, come in uh, to the city and to the plant itself, and some council people, when it gets ridiculous, you know. Uh, and uh, we call the right people and see go- what goes on, what's going on, and uh, there are accidents that happen. The, the pot. That bothers me the most is when they bring in these trucks, what they call uh, with the dry material. You know, the, I got caught a few times in back of one of these trucks. Uh, matter of fact, both times that I'm thinking about was both on Manville Road. They use Manville Road to, to get to the uh, to the plant, and uh, I literally turned off Manville Road to get away from the the truck it is it, very they're very bad and why that's allowed is beyond me you think the uh the state would have some sort of rules and regulations pertaining to uh being able to carry uh stuff like that without you know having it um not have the scent be as uh, freewheeling as it is And listening to mr d'agostino
1: uh he says well first of all we have a contract i guess um when uh uh, Mayor fontaine was, uh, was in office. We were faced with the decision to do a long-term contract and if we did the long-term contract, uh, they'd burn the sludge for us for free and we'd get money into the city and at
2: that time we were cash strapped. Had to be done. At one time before the budget commission came in, the city was cash strapped every year. Once the budget commission came in that changed, as you know, while all our taxes went up.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: yes, yes, that I was on the council at that time when uh, that deal was being put through, and uh, it seemed like a good way to handle the situation. There was no objection with the general public, especially viewing the fact that we were going to be saving some money. So we ended up uh, doing that. Uh, maybe things can change in the future. What we need to do is to change the city of One Stock and make it. Uh, more dependent upon itself and not have to worry about having to bring money in for both the, from both the state and federal monies. And uh, we'll be talking about how we can do that later in the show, I'm sure. Another thing on the agenda before we take our first break
1: is uh, the, um, the mill site at 719 River Street here in Woonsocket. And we're planning to pull that down. But apparently, there's one building that's uh, quote-unquote sort of historic in nature, and we've got to like uh, keep that building up, and we can pull down the rest. Is that the layman's way of describing what is going on at 719 River Street? Could you uh, put it in perspective for us?
2: Yes. Good job. It uh, you know it's it's more complicated uh, than what meets the eye more often than not in government, whether it be city, state, federal. And uh, originally, I had asked the person in charge of the project that was assigned, uh, I forget what uh, his title is, but the judge appointed a person to oversee that particular project. And in talking to him uh, several months ago, uh, probably October, I think it might have been around October, I had asked him specifically how long uh, before we actually see a shovel knocking this down, this building down. He he thought at that time that December would be a good time period uh, to say that, uh, to expect. And uh, here we are in almost uh, near the end of February, and, you know, the building hasn't been knocked down yet. There's always something that seems to come across, but hopefully we are crossed the last T and dotted the last I and uh, now we're going into an agreement uh, with the uh, historical society and uh, we're going to look at that building to see if it's saveable and if it is then who knows what we can do with it in the future if it's not well then it'll just have to be knocked down I personally don't believe that uh, we're going to be able to save it I think that it's too far gone that, The entire property, in my opinion, was not taken care of the way that it should have been. And uh, although it was useful in its day, you know, it's no longer in operation and uh, decisions had to be made. And thank God we were able to get the funding to be able to take care of it without going into the Woonsocket taxpayer's dollar's pocket. Well, if we can clear that site,
1: it is uh, river frontage and um, and it's got a kind of a beautiful look and it sort of looks at... At um, Cold Spring Park, too, um, from its uh, location. It might uh, be of some value to somebody who wants riverfront property later on.
2: That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, The uh, bike path is not too far away from that property. Also, it's on the other side of the river. So, uh, you know, uh, cleaning it up, if anything, even if just trees grow on it, you know, will make it look better for the people that... uh, live and work in that area and although there aren't too many but uh you know people drive by there and uh it'll make one socket look better with that building gone and safer
1: roger gillette is our guest we have a caller waiting but uh, we're going to do an advertisement maybe two and then we'll get uh right back to roger so stand by mr gillette okay fantastic all right Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery is open right now. They opened at 8 o'clock this morning. And looking at some of their items, of literally hundreds of different things you can choose from. But we want to remind you that cinnamon raisin bread is available in the store daily. It's sliced. It's ready to serve at your house. And you can never go wrong with our freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Always available. And our royal icing cookies are available in-store daily. Some cookies are in the shape of our John Deere tractor that we use on the farm at Rice Dairy Farm. And our tiramisu goes great with a fresh cup of coffee, even for breakfast. Yes, tiramisu does not have to be an evening dessert. And you'll find these that I've mentioned and so many others at uh, Rice Dairy Farm and Bakery. And our red velvet tart is available here in the month of February, available by the slice or by the whole cake. Who are we? We are Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery right here in North Smithfield. Next is uh, Grumpy's Restaurant. Instead of playing their commercial, I'll just do a live uh, advertisement for them. As we were there last night, and I tried something that I had never tried before the sizzling 12 ounce sirloin prepared um, uh, last night. Uh, Brian Lahouse uh, was uh, in the kitchen uh, preparing this. This is a sizzling platter with onions and peppers. And uh, also um, mushrooms, all sautéed. And when the 12-ounce sirloin steak comes out of the kitchen, it is sizzling. You can't touch it. And uh, I like my my meat uh, well done, uh, medium well done anyway. It was perfect. Try the the sirloin sizzling platter from Grumpy's in South Bellingham. And uh, my wife had an old-fashioned... But delicious Grumpy's hamburger with a little bacon and a little cheese, too. Uh, Those are some of the things that you'll find at Grumpy's. We have our $10 dinner specials, too, on a Monday through Thursday basis. $10 dinners, including uh, honey jack chicken, sometimes uh, chicken teriyaki tips, sometimes baked manicotti, sometimes chicken and broccoli scampi, and so many other different combinations. We are... Grumpy's in South Bellingham open seven days a week. And on Friday and Saturday nights, our kitchen is open till midnight for your convenience. And now,
0: let's rejoin. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
1: How are we doing over there, Mr. Gillette? Fantastic. All right. Uh, Let's see. I think you need a pair of earphones like I do because Mm. we don't have earphones on you. Then you won't be able to hear the people in there. So can you hear me in there? I found them. Yes. Hello, testing, Mr. Gillette. Yes, I hear
2: you very well.
1: Okay, good. So uh, let's grab a couple of uh, calls, and then we'll uh, go back to the uh, agenda and uh, also cover a few other items that uh, you wanted to cover, including the Canal District, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. All right, let's uh, press this button. So what do you want to say to Mr. Gillette today?
0: Uh, Good morning, Roger.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Uh,
0: good, good morning, Roger Gillette. Two Rogers this morning. That's
2: right. Yes.
0: <laughs> True. Roger, uh, I'm a big supporter. Thank you. I've been for the last few years. Very impressed with your uh, your uh, views. And I'd just like to ask you, Roger. Uh, maybe this kind of a rhetorical question, but uh, in April, the world tax on corporations is going to kick in. Uh, Saudi Arabia has uh, sided with Russia in the war in Ukraine. Oil and gas prices are expected to go to 9 to $10 a gallon, if we're lucky. Inflation is running in the past year from 8 to 15%, depending on whose uh, who's records you check. Uh, $100 billion was just announced it's going to be going to Ukraine. These are all inflationary pressures that we're going to feel in the upcoming months, Roger. Uh, could you uh, recommend anything for the town uh, of One Socket and maybe to even the uh, state of Rhode Island, measures that can be taken uh, so that uh, uh, it would lighten the burden on uh,
2: uh, our people? Well, first of all, let me just Thank say you for that. You call, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. First of all, let me just say that uh, congratulations to you for being involved with the city of and I recognize your voice and you talk uh, on several different subjects. You talk with a uh, certain amount of the eloquence and uh, you sh- it shows that you care about your community. So uh, thank you for participating on the talk shows and uh, giving us insight on, on where you're coming from. Uh, as far as the uh, overall que- your question, um, I- I'm not exactly sure exactly what we should be doing. I'm being honest with you. Uh, we haven't discussed it uh, on the city council, and uh, but hopefully we will in the near future. And uh, you know, we'll leave it at that for now. I'm glad you Very gave the job. question to him and not to me,
1: <laughs> 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 because even though I didn't say much, I would have said less. Yeah. Appreciate your call, sir. Yes. Yeah. Good day to you. Let's dig uh, another phone call here on WNRI. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, good morning, Roger. Good morning, Councilman Gillette. Good morning.
4: I just have a query about uh, one thing that's kind of always bothered me, and it's not really directly into your peer view, but the old
0: mill house uh, across the street from the, uh, on the same side as the uh, middle schools. Across one from consumers. Yes.
3: One of them is in the deplorable condition, the other one they renovated. If I recall, is that
2: money was uh, appropriated to renovate both those buildings. And my, and my question is that... Uh, are they ever going to renovate that building or are they just going to let it collapse and you know uh, they're
0: going to have
1: to knock it down All right. thank you for your interest in that building So, uh, what do you see with the future of that building Mr. Gillette?
2: Well, uh, we haven't talked about it in a while and yes, there was some conversation as to whether or not we should be putting some money into that building and hopefully trying to save it Uh, Personally, I think it's a nice looking building Uh, It is starting to deteriorate, we need to get our act together, and uh, make a decision one way or the other. As of this moment, I don't know that there's something solid that has been planned, uh, but that's something we can bring up again, and uh, I can look into it. All right, I can
1: bring it up with the mayor tomorrow too, uh, that, That's here. a good idea. I, I just yep. made a note of it, and uh, we will uh, address that. All right, let's get back, uh, now that we've cleared a few phone calls to the city council agenda, and um, so we um, want to talk a little bit about Petitions, memorials, and remonstrance uh, to the uh, council. And la- last night, um, Mr. D'Agostino didn't say much about um, the Cass Park project, except that when he has something, he'll get back to you, <laughs> right? Okay. It took about 30 seconds for yes. him to say that. That's the shortest uh, speech I've heard Mr. G- D'Agostino make ever.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's on top of things, and uh, uh, okay. yes, although it was brought up last night. Uh, You know, he will get back to us, I'm confident, uh, in Mr. D'Agostino's work. And when he says he's working on something, he is.
1: They're called CDBG funds, Community Development Block Grant funds. Federal money filtering into the city of Woonsocket to spend on special projects. A lot of strings are attached to CDBG funds. And it looks like uh, during the council meeting, Mr. Kanoya. Uh, told the new planning director, or interim planning director, and others in planning and in city government, uh, yeah, you can uh, recommend projects, but make sure we know about them because we've got to vote on them. Is that what he's basically saying?
2: Yes. Uh, you hit the nail right on the head, Roger. Uh, when I saw that he was going to be talking, Councilman Kenoya was going to be talking about CDBG funding, I was curious as to exactly what he was going to be saying because, I had a comment uh, pertaining to CDBG that uh, I didn't put on the docket, but uh, I can talk about today. Uh, Councilman Canoy did not go in that direction, and uh, but uh, he did remind uh, Mr. DeBrice, the new Pl- acting planning director, you know that uh, there is legislation on the books, and we do expect uh, to be part of the uh, CDBG approval. Um, portion of it uh, because that is the city council's job pertaining to the city charter and uh, that was good that he did that because uh, let's face it uh, Mr. DeBroyce has not been there very long he he needs to be reminded I think from time to time uh, some of the uh, laws that are on the books and you know hopefully that uh, we'll be able to get together and talk about the CDBG funding and who's actually applying for the uh, funds. Roger
1: Gillette, another phone call here. Let's uh, press the button and see what you have to say. What's your uh, comment for Mr. Gillette?
3: Um, Councilman Gillette, I have a question. Did you say you were against gas uh, lawnmowers? No. Uh, oh, okay. The reason why I'm calling is because if we went all electric gas mowers would be banned. How would the city be able to maintain all the parks with an electric
2: uh, lawnmower? We, took, we could talk for the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes about how negative that legislation is and uh, I'll repeat what I said earlier. I am totally against the legislation in uh, trying to eliminate the gasoline lawnmowers and other, the, the blowers. Uh, gasoline blowers and all of the stuff that the uh, contractors use, especially because it's just plain wrong in my opinion. And I think that uh, because we have a bunch of radicals uh, that infiltrating the state house, both in the house and in the in the senate, that we're going to be have to put up with legislation like this. But hopefully, the uh, common sense will prevail at the state level, and uh, legislation like this will be defeated. And hopefully not even brought out a committee.
3: Oh, that's good, because maybe the businesses and uh, residential people should call our local uh, uh, congressmen to stop it. Okay, thank you, Roger.
1: Okay. Thank you. I have a question for you. So, Governor uh, Dan McKee will be announcing today that he is running for election. Not re-election, because he never was elected in the first place uh, to be governor of Ireland. (laughs) right, And uh, also, he'll be in Woonsocket at 3.15 this afternoon. He's going to, uh, the way his public schedule announced it, it said he's going to be touring a small business in Woonsocket, Park Square Florist at 1300 Park Avenue with the mayor, and so forth. Anyway, my question is, uh, where does uh, Roger Gillette stand on Governor of the State of Rhode Island? Do you see anybody out there that uh, you like, or or would you lo- like to see some new face drop in out of a clear blue sky to spread out the, uh, uh, shall we say, choice of candidates.
2: I have not been invited uh, to go to uh, attend uh, the conference that he's having at uh, Park Square Florist. Florist, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, not Credit Union, Florist. Uh, and uh, so you just dated yourself yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah. alright go ahead <laughs> You know, but uh, I'm not sure that I would have gone anyway um, maybe out of respect but uh, in all honesty the governor's not one of my favorite people uh, I thought he may have been a, a breath of fresh air when the last governor left but uh, I'm finding out that uh, he's a little bit too liberal for my liking and uh even at some some time or another, in the past, uh, he's gone extremely to the left uh, in certain issues, and I'm not sure why he's doing that. I haven't talked to him about it, but uh, he's not one of my favorite people. So, you know, hopefully, there will be some names coming up that uh, so I could vote for.
1: Now, there aren't some, uh, Nelly Gobia. That's who you're going to vote for. Then, never mind. Oh wait a minute! Well, uh, let's see. <laughs> all right, um, and and so there's uh, that um, that progressive guy um, out there. That, Brown, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
2: how about him? <laughs> oh my! It
1: sounds like you're not going to go vote uh, for governor. Um.
2: In all honesty, if uh, the three of them were the three choices, uh, you know, I have to pick from one of them. I would probably go with the current governor. Uh, but I would have to hold my
1: nose. All right. So, Governor uh, McKee has not been uh, all that impressive uh, so far. N-
2: n- not not in my eyes, no.
1: Okay. So, um, uh, I'm looking at that agenda. You can check the agenda one more time. If there's something else other than uh, opening up a little discussion on the Canal District, uh, if there's something else on last night's agenda that um, hasn't been uh, discussed that we should at least acknowledge, Here's your opportunity to look down on it and tell us.
2: What I'd like to do is talk about the CDBG uh, funding. Um, Again, two weeks ago, I'm going to start off by bringing out something that's not connected with CDBG. Two weeks ago when Councilwoman Gonzalez was here, you were talking about a $15,000 piece of legislation where we were going to be hiring people to, uh, to write up RFPs. You remember that? Yes, uh, I do. And and you said, you know, it wasn't that much money. Uh, and I agree with you, it's not that much money as far as the grand scheme of things. But here's, here's what is in the back of my mind. We're hiring somebody to do RFPs that is normally done in house. You know as well as I do, when you hire people outside, it costs more. They're in the In the business of uh, making money so in the long run this is going to cost taxpayers dollars more dollars than uh, it would if we had a person in city hall doing it Uh, currently it seems as though we do not have anyone but rumors people talked to city council people and it's been suggested to me that there are three people in City Hall can that can do RFPs. One of them can do it with her eyes closed. It was said that she'd be she's that good at it. It's just not her job right now. So, uh, without mentioning any names, uh, you know, it's whenever there's a cost factor, uh, it's my job to look if to, to see if there's a way of handling. It differently. Now, on top of the $15,000, which you were right when you said it's not that much money, it, it looks like we may be getting into the habit of uh, doing more uh, hiring outside in order to take care of the city's needs. It just so happens in the uh, planning department we have a new person, Mr. DeBrice, that uh, you know has been put in charge of that. And uh, the CDBG um, Situation: The normal process for that the CDBG funding is it starts in uh, December. The process starts in December, and uh, usually by the end of January or into February, applications are in and approved, and all that stuff. Well, and the the planning director, the last planning director was handling it herself. Our current acting planning director uh, does not have the knowledge on how to do that, so we're paying him. And on top of that, we're going out and hiring a firm to uh, handle CDBG, the handle C- CDBG process, okay? Th- these are all taxpayers' dollars that we're talking about. You put them together. Now, 15000 in itself is not a lot. How much money is it costing us? And I don't have the answer to that right now. Uh, Pertaining to the CDBG. uh, The company that we hire to handle the CDBG process. And how many other times are we going to go out and be doing things. And paying extra money for stuff that should be done inside uh, City Hall. Now granted um, the personnel problems at City Hall seem to be mounting. Not just for the city but for. The state, uh, even b- regular businesses, you know, are having a hard time hiring people. Granted, there is a problem, but uh, I think other solutions need to be found in order to handle the problem. And uh, one of the ways that I think might uh, might be looked at is internal training, uh, maybe uh, offering incentives in order for people to learn other jobs, do their own job but when they uh, need uh when the city needs to have something else done they can say to the person would you like to uh yeah maybe get some added incentive in your pay if you would uh help out in in this situation you know maybe we need to go that route like a part-time job yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know and so uh, how exactly we haven't talked about it as a council yet uh, we haven't talked to, with the mayor on this but uh you know we need to start using our heads and find uh, new solutions, rather than just having money take uh, take care of the uh, you know the process. I have to pay outside people, so I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up to show you you know that uh, there could be other solutions uh, pertaining to uh, some of the situations that we have. Sure. Uh, uh, the second item. Uh, last night I guess I was having a good night last night I complimented the mayor on a piece of legislation she led the way on but I also uh, want to compliment the uh, public works director and I did last night uh, do that uh, we had a piece of legislation that uh, was going to buy $50,000 worth of salt um, and because of the uh, the turmoil that's going on in the world the possibility of uh, uh, a small war or whatever you want to call it a conflict uh, it seems that uh, the price of oil and other things including salt uh, that the city uses for the roads uh, the price of that's going to be going up uh, the information that I have is we are currently paying $50 a ton it's going to be going to $67 67 a ton uh, at least according to the public works director and uh, he had the insight of wanting to buy some more now while we could get it at the $50 a ton. And I, I think that's good government. I think that I needed to comp, uh, compliment the uh, Public Works Director on taking that move, and the City Council overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly agreed with him last night. And, uh, you know, this was good. So he's, uh, he's right on the ball.
1: Mr. Gillette, did you ever think that, uh, you know, usually to buy Salt like that at $50 a ton ahead of time, you have to have a few dollars in the bank. Did you ever think you'd see yourself as a councilman with $36 million uh, that we can spend on uh, some municipal projects uh, that we would never have the funds for and and do things like uh, buying salt ahead of time because we do have the cash to do it?
2: The cash that we're using is regular budget money. Uh, this is, uh, already budgeted, so we're moving it from one line item to another, uh, in part because, uh, <coughs> not all of the people that we had planned to pay for to work for the city are employed right now. We have a lot of openings, so yes, there is that extra cash, uh, but if, uh, you're talking about years ago, before the budget commission came in my God, something like this would have happened, we'd be scrambling to get pennies here and there, you know, from different places in order to be able to do something like the public works director is suggesting we do now. Uh, it's a lot easier now because the, of the uh, budget commission, but keep in mind, they did raise our taxes quite a bit.
1: Before we take our
2: break, we'll take a
1: phone call. Let's hear a comment from Mr. Gillette, please.
3: Mr. Gillette, how do you feel about our own Miss Murray at the State House joining, joining in, and supporting the work? I call it the work legislation uh, that uh, enables the schools in I think it's grade eight through twelve now to teach certain um, practices to youth, um, which I feel is something you talk about your pa- to your parents about about. The use of your body, and uh, she and I think there were seven or eight women that was so overjoyed about this legislation and thought it was long overdue. Um, I was listening. I, I say once again to the to the um, uh, um, meeting where people get to say what they think about it, and these legislators, all women the ones I saw voting, were like uh, giving a chair for it. Um, I think it's irresponsible. I think it's depriving parents of rights. There's certain things, school is education, I have biology, etc., but teaching biology and teaching sexual practices, to me, are two different things. And I can't wait for her to run again. And I hope we can
1: find someone to run against her. Mr. Gillette, I'll walk door to door. Aren't you in her district, Senator Melissa Murray? So are you going to run against her, first of all?
2: Uh, No, I am not going to run against her. Uh, That's number one. It looks like I'm going to be running for city council again. All right. Um, But uh, to answer the caller's question, first of all, let me say uh, I've heard you talk about this several times already. And I'm in total agreement with practically everything that you've said pertaining to Congresswoman uh, Melissa Murray. Uh, And uh, the last election, she had two opponents, and I had one of her opponent's signs on my property. And I'm hoping that she has an opponent again uh, this time and I will be uh, supporting whoever runs against her. Have
1: you heard any rumors as to who may enter the race? I've heard a few out there that uh, Melissa Murray is going to... Uh, can
2: you share,
3: what, can yeah. you share it with
2: us?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe Roger can do uh, that.
2: I haven't heard of <laughs>
1: anyone
3: other than... Well, if not, <laughs> I'll start looking, Vogel. because I feel it's... <laughs> it, it, I think yes. she's irresponsible. I think uh, she's going with the flow uh-huh. of uh, people who consider parents... Uh, domestic
1: terrorists? We've heard that uh, John Breen uh, is thinking about it. Uh, I don't think that's a big secret out there. As a matter well, fact, I, I hope so. I'll
3: walk door right. to door. Walker or no Walker?
1: People have, uh, you know, on the program he does on Friday, they, they, they've approached him several times on that question already. Uh, he hasn't decided what to do, but uh, he certainly is in the district and uh, could... Um, could be a formidable candidate. What do you think?
2: What do you think? Uh... Oh, there's no question in my mind. He, he does have experience in the House of Representatives going up to the mm-hmm. Senate. Uh, would, in fact, uh, be a jump up for him. I think he could do a, a fantastic job. Uh, he has the temperament and uh, the willpower to uh, get things done. So he would be a uh, bright light up there in the Senate if he was to get elected. Caller. Hopefully he does. We well. think that he
3: has one other thing, common yeah. sense. Mm-hmm.
2: We think that um, Melissa Murray
1: will have some opposition in November. Okay, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. We'll take one. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, we can take a caller. Then we'll do our commercials. Hello there. How are you?
4: Hey, yeah. We're going to ask something. Hello?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was
4: right going to ask something else, but the last caller kind of jogged my memory on this. I wanted to ask him a broader question, Mr. Gillette. So... I, you, I'm not saying you did this, and, and, you know, I haven't heard this or anything lately, but a lot of times when these questions come up that come from the state level, whether it's about mask requirements or this or that, if it has to do with the schools, um, you know, the city council and mayor will say, we have a school committee, so that's not my issue. Or if it's a mask mandate in city hall, they'll say, well, it's a state issue. There's nothing we can do. Well, yes, there is something they can do. They can, they can oppose it, and they can just say, hey, you know what, I disagree with the state on this issue, this issue or I disagree with the state on that issue. Mayor Baldelli Hunt can make recommendations So There's nothing handcuffing any of you guys from expressing opinions, right? You know, so I guess my question in general, does the city council, will they pass resolutions, like non-binding resolutions, symbolic resolutions saying, no, we're not going to sexually groom children in grade school. I mean, this is like, to me, it's such a no-brainer. And I think the city council needs to step up and show leadership and get ahead and say, look, if it's state law, it's state law. There's nothing we can do to really stop it. But we can say, hey, look, we are not going to be grooming children in, in the classroom. You know, I think, it's, I, I think it's perfectly within your purview. But will you guys, will the city council take bold steps, pass resolution?
2: Did you, you listen to the to council meeting it? last night?
4: Well, I did not,
0: but on this issue.
2: Okay, I, on well, not on this particular issue that you're talking about, but we did pass a piece of legislation last night. Uh, and a matter of fact you probably heard Roger and I talking about it a few minutes ago where I say I congratulated the mayor in taking the lead on this and she put in uh, legislation through the council that was passed on 7 to nothing going, up, up, going against the piece of legislation uh, that's in the state house right now pertaining to stopping people from building single family homes to build two or more family homes if they're going to build so we did in fact do uh, take a step in that, in, uh, in that direction and yes it is within our purview but in all honesty uh, I, I will tell you that the city council is very careful on not stepping on the school committee's toes and on the same token they are careful not to step on our toes we, tr- we try to get along but at the same time there is communication not necessarily through legislation uh, a lot of times but there is communication between the city council and the school committee
4: we, quick follow-up, Mr. July, and I appreciate your answer, and I, everything you said, I agree. This is a different story, though. This isn't, this isn't a single-family homes. This is grooming. I mean, this is teaching children things that it has zero, zero business in the public school. So you can pass all the resolutions on single homes you want. I mean, that's fine and dandy, but this is where you really need to step up to the plate and, and, and you know what I mean,
1: That's what I'm saying. This is a whole different ballgame because it involves children. So that's all I'm going to say. Thank you, call. Thank you. This is the Upfront program on WNRI. Back in a moment, and then we'll uh, chat about um, the Canal District or anything else you want to talk about, Roger. K.R. Kasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're K.R. Kasher, We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having kay Kasher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having having... having all the right answers. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturday, Saturday and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket.
2: Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect
1: for any event. Soup and salad bar now available and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. And that noodle soup uh, that uh, Papa Zavini uh, is marketing right now uh, is really selling, well, it's pretty good, too, when you warm it up. Final ad here uh, is for the Honey Shop. They're at 1300 Park Avenue here in Woonsocket. And they have all kinds of uh, seminars going on all the time. Like, uh, for instance, uh, this weekend uh, they have uh, their wood-burning seminar. And uh, you can learn how to uh, do it yourself or... What you can do is uh, have uh, Kathy, um, you know, do something for you. She can memorialize something, like uh, maybe a pet has passed away and you'd like a wood-burning uh, memoriam uh, to that pet. She can do it, or she can teach you how to do it. Matter of fact, they have a seminar coming up this Sunday at the, um, at the Honey Shop. They also have a sour bread-making uh, workshop on Sunday, uh, Saturday, excuse me, March the 5th from uh, 11 to 2 how to make the bread, and then the, the fun part of it, how to eat it, how to taste it, right? Sour dough bread making on Saturday, March 5th. On the 26th of March, uh, we have a uh, cheese workshop, how to make cheese. And then we'll have another wood-burning uh, seminar in the month of March also at the Honey Shop, 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket. Where Why is the Honey Shop... Uh, And that location, big deal today. The governor will be visiting today at around 3.15 with the mayor, and he'll be looking at some of the small businesses in the Upper Park Avenue area. Let's rejoin.
0: You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
1: Roger Gillette, member of the Woonsocket City Council, is on our... uh, Live line here uh, in the studio. He's right in front of the microphone. He's a member of the council, but he's also a member of the Canal District Committee. I think, along with um, uh, Denise Sierra, is that right? Correct. Right. And I heard you call Larry the other day, and I think you made a good point, saying, uh, you know, let the feasibility study. I mean, uh, let's uh, before we criticize it, let's see if uh, let's see if we want to do it in the first place. I think is what I heard. Uh, you know, let's study and see if it's feasible before we uh, condemn it or, uh, or commend it. Go ahead, Roger.
2: The last election, uh, I was trying to get back on to the, to the city council, and I had made up my mind then that a, that I would look into this, uh, what was called the Bopalan plan at the time. And uh, the reason that I decided to do that was because I realized as a one socket citizen and as a former city council person that we needed to bring in added revenue into the city coffers in order to ensure number one that we do not have to raise taxes in the city of one socket and secondly that we need the added revenue in order to offset uh, any extra taxes we may need in the future and go after things that um, you know, need to get done in order to uh, better the city as a whole. So how can we do this? And the Woonsocket, uh, well what was called at that time the Bopalan plan, has now been changed to the Woonsocket Heritage Canal District Committee. Yes, there are uh, eight people on that committee, plus two city council people who are not voting members where their uh, councilwoman, uh, Sierra and I are there strictly uh, to observe and to uh, comment uh, and try to lead uh, the uh, committee as far as ordinances and everything else is concerned in a direction. Well, we try to be of help to them, but they are the committee. And uh, the committee itself was, uh, is being criticized by some people. And uh, uh, I was listening to Larry Poitras on Saturday and heard it again, decided to call and to explain that the task of the committee is to find out whether or not this old Bopalan plan, the Heritage uh, Canal District plan now, is feasible. And what does that mean? Well, it means that we need to know whether or not the city... Uh, or have an idea whether or not the city should, in fact, go into uh, a project of this nature, keeping in mind that the city of Woonsocket is not paying for any of this. It's all private investment. If this project becomes uh, reality, we're looking at, the possibility, knowing what I know now, and uh, which is going to be coming out in a very, very near future, a lot of this is going to come out in a very near future. Uh, knowing what I know now, I can tell you, it is not far-fetched to expect millions of dollars of tax revenue coming into the city coffers with this entire project being put together. Now, once this committee is done and gives its evaluation and explains why they've come up with its evaluation, then the city council and the mayor will need to sit down and look at everything that was uh, as being proposed and also look at the possibilities. And then they would need to make a decision as to whether or not they want to go ahead and go through with at least trying to stop this uh, proposal that's being put on paper right now. If that happens, the committee that we have right now will end. A new committee will be tasked with the the, uh, task of putting together a package that uh, both the council and the mayor would be involved in Plus the planning department, they would be involved in in it also. It hasn't reached that stage yet, and that's why the mayor and the council haven't been... Uh, but it, it, it's something to look forward to, Roger. It's something that uh, a bunch of us believe can happen. And we are doing this uh, for the betterment of our community. The naysayers that have called the talk shows, I'm asking you to please hold off. Uh, some of them, by the way, are... Uh, Political naysayers, Uh, anyway, but we're asking that uh, you know, please hold off and at least hear us out before you start making judgments.
1: Fair enough request, fair enough request. So, uh, if there are 10 stages to this, we're like in stage one, and so uh, don't judge it because you don't know enough about it to make a judgment,
2: right? The beginning will be explained to the people very soon, and uh, then we'll go on from there.
1: Roger, thanks for being with us today, filling us in on the city council, filling us in on the uh, canal district plan, and um, anything else you wanted to fill us in on. We I appreciate,
2: appreciate it. the opportunity.
1: Good day. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. I'm Roger. This has been
0: WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket. Just
1: a reminder, tomorrow's Upfront program, we uh, are bringing in Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt, and we'll ask her about a bunch of questions concerning Woonsocket city government. Hope you can join us then. We'll have this commercial message, a little news, and then author's hour. Stay with us here on WNRI.